Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for goneboss. We're brought to you today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at schaeferleadership.com. What do they have coming up? A virtual coffee talk. So is it virtual coffee or Don't make this joke anymore. It's not funny. Or decaf. (laughs) Is it like Sanka? Remember Sanka? Your dad still drinks Sanka. Really? I I didn't know that. When he drinks coffee, he drinks Sanka. Well, there you go. (laughs) Not sponsored by Sanka, but there you go. All right, this is a virtual coffee talk for our early risers. It's an 8 to 9.30 virtual event. It's called Marketing Yourself, Boost Your Personal and Professional Brand. Ooh. And it'll be on Thursday, February 2nd. What are we going to learn at this coffee talk? We're going to learn how individuals leverage their professional brand to succeed. Whether you're looking for a new job, hoping to elevate your position in your current company, or looking to grow a business, your brand is critical to meet your goals. So you're going you're gonna to learn the three things you can do today to take control of your brand and take control of your success. Awesome. Now, when is it again? Thursday, February 2nd from 8 to 9.30 a.m. And it's all virtual. You can and do it, it in your me. pajamas. That's a Groundhog Day coffee talk. So you will know whether or not it will be six more weeks of winter or not by the time you get to the virtual coffee talk. So you just know off the top of your head the Groundhog Day is February 2nd? Every February 2nd, yes. What? How do you know that? Puxatani <laughs> Phil, the whole deal. I, I cannot believe you just know that off the top of your head. I barely can remember somebody's birthday. They made a movie out of it, you know. Yeah, but they didn't say February 2nd in the movie, did they? No, it just happened day after day after day. <laughs> I can't Bill Murray that. was in it. It's okay. great. It's a classic. That's a dumb, dumb movie. That's another one of my dumb movies that I don't like. But okay, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Schaefer Leadership Academy. Thursday... February 2nd, also known as Groundhog's Day, marketing yourself, boost your personal and professional brand from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. In the studio today, I have Whitney Carmichael. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Tell me about the Muncie, Delaware Chamber of Commerce. This is something new you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the Muncie, Delaware County Chamber of Commerce, this is a new job for me, but it is similar to what I was doing in the past. I was doing program development. Um, I was teaching high-level marketing and branding strategies to influencers and virtual entrepreneurs. This is something that I've done for a couple of years and creating that container, that space for them to learn and connect and collaborate together. And so this is really cool because this is what I'm doing on a local scale now with all kinds of businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, Together, we connect them, we collaborate with them, um, we set up events to help them network with the right people, getting them in the room with the right people who are, they can find qualified leads and they can get their word out and about their upcoming events and the the things that they need to promote. And I think, you know, over the last few years, we got a little bit numb um, to social media promotion. And so bringing that in-person connection back, there's just nothing like it. And at the last Muncie on the Move, which is one of our um, 
I guess, bi-monthly events. We have six a year. You just felt this en- this energy. And I've been craving that for so long. Um, so I've stayed at home for the past five years. And this was something to where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people. And it just feels good. It feels good uh, making a big impact in the community that I live in, the community that I want my daughter to be raised in. And I want her to be really proud of the work that I'm doing. And I'm proud of the work that I'm doing that we're doing as a team here at the Muncie Delaware County Chamber of Commerce. Now, I, I've i known you for, for years. Now, we've uh, we barely ever met or really even talked or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I've watched you on Instagram for probably, I don't know, probably 10 years. So uh, you have this great story of working at Texas Roadhouse mm-hmm. to doing all that stuff you just said. So tell me about that, that journey. Okay. And it's not really linear, which makes it a little bit confusing. But yes, Texas Roadhouse was my first job. I got hired when I was 16. I loved the company. I fell in love with the mission statement and the vision and the core values that the company had. And you know, at the time, those were big deals for me. The made from scratch sides, the that we made our own bread, that we hand cut our steaks. And I fell in love with the brand. And so I was so proud to represent that brand. And I moved into a marketing position at Texas Texas Roadhouse on a local scale to where the first time I went to Muncie on the Move and WIBU. So I have been on the receiving side of the chamber. And that was, I mean, magical. That was awesome. Um, So after marketing at Texas Roadhouse, I went to culinary school and I studied hospitality and I got back into the service side, to the food side as well. Um, So I started working more with guests that were in the building instead of trying to get guests in the building. And I started working in the kitchen and I loved that as well. And so after Texas Roadhouse, I worked there for 10 years. And then I realized that, you know, nights, weekends, holidays just weren't going to work with the lifestyle I wanted to create. And I worked at Ball State University and I managed one of the dining departments there. Um, Again, I found myself working nights, weekends, and some holidays working in a dormitory, you know, um, the kids got to eat. And I, I, found a what started as a side hustle. I was doing some brand partnerships and I started marketing for myself for my own brand. And so that was really great. And it did take over my full-time income to where I sat down with my husband and we had a really long discussion on if I were going to leave my job. And so I said, give me a couple years, just give me a couple years. And so I, I did end up making great money. You know, I, I always tell my friends, I'm like, hey, I, I built a six-figure business watching Gilmore Girls. That's pretty impressive. Um, but that turned into me working 24-7. Um, and my husband is also an entrepreneur as well. And that got kind of scary at times um, with us both, especially during 2020. And so 2020, March of 2020, I got pregnant a week before the world shut down. And that was, for a lot of people, just really challenging and unknown. And everything felt really uncertain. And it was a very scary time, especially to be scary. pregnant during yes. that time. <laughs> My first pregnancy. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because we moved downtown Muncie. And I moved downtown Muncie because I'm like, oh, we're going to go to Savages. And we're going to go to the caffeinery. <laughs> and we're going to go here and here. We're already here every day. And, um, yeah, so we got we got a little, yeah upset there. I'm like, Oh, man, our year downtown kind of, you know, I got pregnant, everything shut down, nothing to do. But um, it all worked out because I love being a mom. And now I, I ended up here. And it just feels right. It feels good. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of how I got back into marketing and more on a higher level, I hired coaches. um, 
to teach me and they actually hired me in return to create their content. I still edit one of their podcasts. Um, I still have a really great relationship with them. But hiring those coaches, um, even though, you know, it could be tens of thousands of dollars, it was 100% worth it in my situation. Now go back a little bit mm-hmm. because I I love this illusion that I get, which uh-huh. is I like I said, I've stalked you for years and other influencers and different things uh-huh. like that. And just, oh, it looks so easy. You're on camera. Mm-hmm. You've learned how to do the video mm-hmm. and everything. But like you said, it becomes a 24-7 monster. Mm-hmm. You're always producing content. So tell me a little bit about that, what oh. that uh, period of life was like. Um, for me, the the most challenging was comparison because there's always going to be somebody who has more followers, who has more partnerships, um, who has better clothes, who gets more comments, gets more likes. And that was draining for my mental health, um, just always feeling, and I call it chasing the horizon, right? Your end goal is always moving. It's always moving. And so once you hit one end goal, well, you already have another end goal. And so it's, uh, there's this book that I, I would recommend to you guys, and it's The Gap Versus the Gain. And so I was living in this gap of, oh, but I wish I had this, but I wish I had that. And, and, you know, I wish I looked like her and she lives in LA and, you know, she has content just walking outside. And I was living in this gap instead of measuring my success by where I started to where I am now. And that, I mean, pressing the live button on Facebook in 2017 was very scary. And then, you know, measuring that, that little progress of going live every day, loving going live, um, being able to show up authentically, all of these wins that I had just felt erased because I was com- living in this the season of comparison um, with these uh, with the millions of other people selling the exact same things, doing the exact same thing as me. And yeah, it does take a lot of time it, and perfectionism while editing content or while shooting is is very difficult. Oh, the lighting's not perfect. Oh, um, you know, I had it's funny you were just taking my headshot, Matt. It's that little hair. That was sticking yeah. up. That would have I, I I would have had to redo it, you know. And getting ready every day and doing these things that just take a lot of energy. Um, it it was just hard on mental health. And now I, when I show up online, it's just really authentic. The pictures aren't even edited most of the time, and it's just my daughter and I, and it's things that I want to share. And I started to live by this uh, phrase of value over viral. And that's been really good for me. And now Facebook's a place, social media is a place where I like to show up, and it's fun again. Now I was watching mm-hmm. you online, like mm-hmm. I said, and, and mm-hmm. you, uh, the, 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 these coaches that you, I saw that I saw where yeah. you were hanging out with them. You're going down uh-huh. to Florida or someplace mm-hmm. sunny and nice, but uh, uh, tell me about that, like uh, because there was like two or three of them, right? There was, there was, and so it, it's so funny because you know that was the point in my life to where I'm like, yes, I made it. I'm finally here. You know, first class trips to New York. Um, you know, six hundred dollar dinners that I, you know. $4,000 brand shoots, all these clothes, like all of these things that I, I thought equaled success. Um, and I, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot from them. They're brilliant. Um, I'm still so thankful to be in community with them, with those coaches. But I realized that that wasn't exactly what I wanted to be as an entrepreneur. But learning from them, the lead generation strategies, the psychology behind sales, um, the 
<laughs> the ever-changing social media platforms that's very difficult to keep up with. Um, the brand foundations, all of these things that I've learned to them really add value to what I do now. And that's what landed me the job with the chamber is having this very, very unique background stuff that you can't necessarily um, Google, right? It's It's things that are trial and error. It's other people. Other people did it. So we don't have to do it learning from them. And then also probably the best thing that came from coaching was being in the room with people who are playing bigger. Um, you know, at, at that time in my life and being in my late twenties, a lot of my friends just weren't doing what I was doing. It was very different. You know, they were going to work, going to the bars, going to work, going to the bars, nothing necessarily more. And I knew, I wanted more and I craved to learn that. I saw that other people had that and I wanted it as well. So you're you're also into yoga big yeah. time. Uh-huh. So tell me about the yoga and how that oh. all came about. So I went, actually, when I worked at Texas Roadhouse, I started going to yoga. So this was probably 2015. And I knew my first class, I was like, I have to share this with people. This is really, really helpful for me. And so I... I started yoga teacher training and this was a byproduct. I was able to do it because of the online business that I was building. And so I went to California for a couple of weeks. We went to Joshua Tree and we went to LA and I took some yoga classes from teachers I was following and I went to um, yoga teacher trainings there. And then when I came home, I actually saw that my home studio, the corner mat, and this is where I teach now, was offering yoga teacher training. So I took so, you know, I had to, I had to. So I was a part of that first program. Um, and I've learned a lot about, we call it self, right? It's almost like a self-study. It's like a deep personal development journey. And so I'm a big believer that the best way to learn in your industry is to learn outside of your industry. And so I noticed that learning about yoga myself and these tools that were given to me helped me in other areas of life, like removing competition, expectations, judgment. And now I seem so much more unbothered by things that would have bothered me. Um, I'm able to show up more authentically. I'm able to, um, you know, pursue this passion. And that's really what it is. It's a passion project of mine and something that it's almost like a give back. But it's just, there's nothing like it. And if you haven't tried yoga, I would 100, 100% recommend to go to a class. It's so different to go to a class than the practice at home. When you're practicing at home, you're not able to be the student. And of course, there's the anatomy and alignment that I would want you to have a professional around too. But yeah, I, I 100% recommend getting into yoga, at least trying it out and seeing little changes not even just physical, but within yourself as well. So it's more than just stretching. So much more than just stre- the <laughs> mindfulness. Oh yes, um, I and I have I've ADHD. known a lot of uh, uh, well, quite a few yeah. yoga instructors and people, and they're mm-hmm. very, in a way, spiritual mm-hmm. and very uh-huh. mindful of the moment and everything like that. The stuff mm-hmm. that uh, I'm jealous of. So oh, it's so <laughs> it's so funny how um, and I'm not. I wish I was better with meditation. I have ADHD. So I try with like small, small little pockets of time to just uh, notice the smells around me, the sounds around me and to try to turn off, we call it the monkey mind. But yeah, they, you know, yoga teachers do tend to be more spiritual. Um, and I, I've been the crystally girl, uh, some the full moon girl, you know, I've, I've tried doing that. But now I'm just like, honestly, mom of a toddler, I'm just trying to get through the day most of the time. And if I make it to a class that I, I did great.
Now, you mentioned family. Mm-hmm. You mentioned mm-hmm. a husband and uh, at least one child. So tell yep. me about the family. Oh, the family. My husband removes wallpaper. That is his job, and he actually likes it, So, and he's really good at it. So he owns a wallpaper removal business. It's funny. You wouldn't think that so much wallpapers in Muncie, but it's going five years strong. And so he is also an entrepreneur. Which, like I said, made things a little bit difficult when both parents are entrepreneurs. It's like just one steady income would be great. And then, of course, the um, health insurance and all of those things. And then I have my two-year-old who she'll be three later this year. Her name's Clover. Um, and she, yeah, it's just life-changing. I don't think there's anything better. And and to be honest, like I was never really a kid's person. But I was more of like a, you know, people my age person. <laughs> and so, but being a mom and having her, people were right. It is different when it's your own. Now, pandemic mm-hmm. baby. Let's go back to yeah. that for just a second. What was mm-hmm. that like uh, at the pregnancy mm-hmm. time? Like there had to be a lot of un- unsureness there. Yeah, for a second, I was like, what am I bringing her into? You know, like, well, like, what is this? And of course, the pandemic was like nothing we've ever seen in our lifetime. And so it it did feel um, very uncertain, kind of scary. But then things started to fall into place. And, you know, it's like... uh, yeah, our, we we moved from downtown into we found a house and little things like that. And I mean, we found it like a week before our lease was up downtown. And I I didn't want to, of course, have to. We were in an upstairs apartment. I didn't want to have to move a stroller up and down those steps and you know raise a baby in you know a place where there's no yard, there's no washer dryer, <laughs> there's no dishwasher, um, partiers downstairs. Yeah, so. We, we found a house and things started to work into place, which was ensuring. And I started to just trust and, you know, things were fine. Everything was fine for us. So you've done a lot of things so far mm-hmm. that, that some people will be like, I wish I could do that. So what's on your bucket list? What's next for you? Oh, that's a good question. You know, um, growing the chamber is a big priority of mine. I want to, my number one priority within the chamber is to elevate the membership experience and to make it a no brainer. And I know that the best way to get referrals and retention is by helping people get results. And that's something that's super important to me. And I know that I have the, um, the ability to help them with that. And so that is my number one, my number one priority is growing the or elevating the membership experience at the chamber. What does success Mm -hmm. mean to you? Mm, Freedom, abundance of options, choices, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm noticing these little areas of success. Like I, I remember when I first grew my business and I was making, uh, to be transparent, I'd probably make like five, there's, there's been, um, times where I brought in, you know, $10,000 a month, $5,000 a month. But I remember just being able to go to the grocery store without checking my bank account. And that was what I was That's a big thing. If you're in your twenties, it is like, you don't Mm -hmm. get to do that until you're like (laughs) later on. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. And I was like, yes. And I I was like, I I've done it. And of course, like things dipped. Uh, that's the thing with entrepreneurship is the highs are really high. The lows are really low. Um, it's so everything just feels so personal and it has to, it has to, you're the CEO of your business. And so that, I remember that, that moment, not having to check my bank account or, um, going on vacation and being able to get like a lobster or, um, you know, going out to eat and getting a steak, getting what you want to order. And I wasn't necessarily raised, um, in a, in a family that went out to eat all of the time or, you know, that did all of the extra things. And we had enough, we had plenty, but it was just different times then too. And so being able to treat myself to little 
luxuries that just raise my vibration for the moment and remind me that I deserve this. It's okay to want more. There's enough money to go around for everyone and that I don't have to be frugal. I don't have to I don't have to hoard money in order to survive anymore. And so making those little mindset shifts has been crucial for personal development for me. Now, you're mm-hmm. a true Munsonian, right? You were I born am. and raised here. So I was born, my dad was in the military. So I was born in, it's called Dahlonega, Georgia. Um, but yes, here since I was probably one and a half, two years old. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really proud to live in Muncie. And of course, there were phases of my life to where I was like, oh, but I want a beach. I want mountains. And you know, I, I want those things. But I'm really falling in love with the simplicity, the being able to just get in my car and be here in 20 minutes, no matter where you are in the city. Um, people know my name. I like being a medium fish in a medium pond, you know? It's like, yeah, I don't I don't want to be in this huge spaghetti pot of I think that's what they call it, the huge spaghetti pot and get lost in the sauce of um, you know, this this huge New York City. I, I like knowing the mayor. I like um, you know, having his phone number even, you know, I, I like being connected, but connected in a in a medium sized town, you know, I don't, I don't need a little tiny stars hollow like Gilmore Girls. Um, I, I like this size town, and and I like the people here, and it's great. It's simple, it's easy, um, it's affordable. Uh, the people are great, you know, and and the connections are priceless. So, yeah, I'm really loving it here. What's your favorite band or artist? Ooh, good question. Um, hmm. Part of me, the first thing that comes to mind is Beyonce. Um, Beyonce fan. Yeah, I do. I do like Beyonce. Yeah. You know, and I think it's because let's let's talk about branding here. You know, she she has built this brand trust, this brand loyalty. Mm -hmm. Um, She cannot do anything for a long amount of times and she will still stay in the forefront of people's minds. She doesn't necessarily air dirty laundry. Um, She doesn't do things for what we say clout. She doesn't have to. And so there's this brand trust here as we know what to expect from her. Um. You know, she's recognizable. She's built a great brand. I mean, she only has to use her first name, and that's pretty impressive. But yeah, you know, Beyonce is one of my favorite artists. And I think, too, starting to listen to her from a young age has really, it's like I grew up with her. And when I think of people, you know, unfortunately, like Britney Spears and other people I listened to at a young age, they fell off or they, um, you know, other things might have happened. But she's always, always remained authentic. And I think that's super important, especially for young girls listening to her. In all your travels, have you ever mm-hmm. met anyone like uber famous? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I have a friend who he lives in New York and he works for one of the biggest construction companies. And, um, he was dating Billie Eilish's best friend. So that was, that was really cool. Six degrees um, of separation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's, that's like the closest. Um, and of course it's so funny because when I traveled last, I saw, uh, Wee Man and, but he was always also here in Muncie with yep. Armed and Famous. So it's like, oh, I've already <laughs> met that one. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever met anyone uber, uber famous. Do you have any hidden talents that we don't know about? Ooh, good question. You know, um, honestly, I think it goes back to to the brand foundations. And it's almost like a secret sauce. Like I can find out, I can easily figure out on a surface level 
why a business isn't moving forward. And to be honest, it usually has nothing to do with the marketing strategies. It has nothing to do with the action. It has to do with the messaging behind it. And it has to do with how they show up and the stories that they share. And, you know, your your brand is just, it's how you make people feel. And it's the, the stories you share. It's the dinnertime conversations people are having about you. It's not the just the fonts, logos, colors. Those are a representation of the foundations. And that reminds people. Like um, I like to use Coca-Cola as an example here. We don't buy Coca-Cola because the can's red and white and they have swirly font. We buy it because it reminds us of Friday pizza nights with our family. It reminds us of drinking too much Jack and Coke at our best friend's wedding. <laughs> it, it reminds yeah. us of um, going to get Mexican food with your friends in college. And so it's the it's the emotion behind it is why we continue to buy Coca-Cola. It doesn't have to do with the fonts, logos, colors. It has to do with the brand emotion and stories that it shares. But the red and white can reminds us that the product is consistent. One time they tried to change it to orange and white as like a, um, you know, like probably like just like a cash injection. Let's get a lot of people to buy it. They just changed the the can, but people swore it tasted different and they swore they didn't like it. And it's, (laughs) it's just so funny how it's like, no, no, it's it's the same product, but the it didn't remind us that it was consistent with the red and white can. All right, so you seem to me like you're an a very energetic person. So are you a a morning person or afternoon person? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would have said that I did my best work at night. I would have said that, but something I've learned lately is bedtime procrastination. When you do things for people all day long, and you feel like you haven't had a moment to yourself, that's when people stay up late nights watching TV or um, finding an excuse to find time for themselves. And when I realized that I was able to shift that mindset into, oh, but I'm, I'm a late night writer, or I'm an evening person. And now I, now I would say I'm a morning person. And it, it all just comes back to mindset. Awesome. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Yes, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. So when we opened this episode, you mentioned stupid movies. I did. Movies you don't like. And we were talking about Groundhog Day. That is a a dumb movie. Bill Murray, and it's a classic. People just love it. What about Dumb and Dumber? You like that one, I do love Dumb and Dumber. I think that All right, that's a dumb movie. I mean, it says it in the name. It's (laughs) It's in the name twice, I know. But I love Dumb and Dumber. Now, I think that just came out, like, at the right time. Because, like, in the 90s and whatever, 2000, I don't know when it came out. But, like... I think it came out at the right time and it hit me in the right way. Like, I also love, uh, no one else is going to love this, but every Polly Shore movie ever, I love. Encino Man. No, not Encino Man. He was was, Biodome. Was he in Encino Man too? He was, wasn't he? He was. I've been thinking Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser was in Biodome and also. uh, Encino Man. Yeah, but the one where he got like buried in like a tomb. The Mummy? No, that, he was that. in that. He yes. No, the one where he got buried in like a bunker, and then he came back out like like a thousand years later or something. He was like the caveman. That's Encino Man. Is that Encino Man? Yes, because he was he was a, a Cro Magnum Man or whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, in that's Encino, a, California. Okay, that <laughs> that's why sense. it makes sense. Okay. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Also, I love In the Army now. <laughs> <laughs> I buddy. thought we were talking about dumb movies, not the stupidest <laughs> movies on earth. Okay, dumb movies that I hate. Okay. Yes. So over the holidays, we were watching, uh, you know, random holiday movies. 
it was Christmas time with my family, so we're sitting there, and, and I put it on Christmas Vacation. Dumbest movie. <laughs> Maybe not dumbest movie ever. Second, now, second dumbest movie ever. Now, what was great was we're pretty sure my parents had never seen it. I don't because think they, they had. laughed at the right part. And they were like the whole chuckling, deal. like, "Oh my gosh, what's he doing that for?" Just like you've never, like, <laughs> if you've never seen it before, you'd be like, "Why is Chevy Chase bringing in that big old Christmas tree or whatever?" It was like I. I couldn't make fun of them in person, like in front of their faces, because that's mean. So I texted you, and I was like, have they really never seen this movie? <laughs> now, Chevy Chase is not your favorite. Anyway, no, all, Fletch, every mo- that's no, a terrible Fletch movie. Is dumb. What about Caddyshack, though? No, dumb. I hate it. <laughs> Stupid. See, you're too young. <laughs> I, you were born in 79. Uh, that's yes. 74s. That's Gen Xers. That's true Gen Xers. I am also a Gen Xer, but at the very <laughs> tail end of Gen X. So I kind of relate to the other stuff a little bit more. So, yeah, every Chevy Chase movie... Dumb. Do not like it. Uh, most every Bill Murray movie, also dumb. Hate it. Even Scrooged? Come on, we did just watch that. We only watched part of it because the girl I got bored. I watched the whole thing. Oh, well, I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't know. It's probably wonderful. They say it's amazing, so I don't know. But it's probably also dumb. Ghostbusters? I mean, that's an ensemble <sighs> cast, so it kind of... It's okay. got You've got like Dan Aykroyd and stuff, so that's like got a little more going for it, <laughs> right? What, uh, other, what other dumb movies? Well, what was the dumbest... Oh, Christmas Story, the dumbest movie I've ever oh, seen. Oh yes, and we we just came out of the holidays and everything, so we're, those are fresh in our mind. But yes, yes every year that it's on uh, I can't cable. Believe they play it twenty four hours of a Christmas Story. Who twenty four hours cares? I have it on DVD. Who wants to watch? It's it on that every much? streaming service. It seems like so. The Civic did like a bajillion shows of it this year, which is great, and it <laughs> sold out every performance. It was great. It sold out every performance. I'm sure it was wonderful. That's the dumbest movie ever. Like, I hate those movies. I think they're dumb. Uh, what other movies do I think are dumb? I don't know. Now, it's hard to tell because I never remember a movie that we actually watch. Like That's true. That's your other um, superpower, let's say. Is <laughs> I think it's my downfall. We've watched think... Zodiac Murders five times, and every Three. time she, every time she watches it, she's like, have we seen this? This is the greatest movie ever. I'm like, yeah, just wait until the end. <laughs> I'm like, I promise you we have not seen this movie. And you're like, we have seen it four times. I think everybody in that ended up in the Avengers. That's true. It's like the Avengers before they were Avengers. (laughs) Let's see. What other movies? What movies do you think are dumb? Besides like Encino Man and Dumb and Dumber. Well, I watch a lot of dumb movies. Uh, Oh, you do? Yes, definitely. Um, But I get through them and, you know, they're, they're off and running. Now, I have to say that Matt Howell. We'll go through movies and watch the dumbest movies ever that are like B movies, maybe not like Sharknado, but pretty close, like terrible. Yeah, I've never seen the Sharknado I series. But. but like dumb, dumb movies. Now, I have a running list of shows, like I like TV shows, but whatever, shows, movies, documentaries that have been recommended that are great and wonderful. And I'm like, hey, Matt, can we watch this? No, I don't want to watch that. That sounds dumb. <laughs> yeah, like Succession. Yes, so the Venn diagram of like what I find enjoyable and what you find enjoyable, the circle is very small in the middle of what (laughs) actually is enjoyable for the two of us. Well, you won't watch uh, dumb movies with me. No, I'm not going to watch dumb movies. I'm not watching Caddyshack with you. That's dumb. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Billy Madison? That's not dumb. That's fun. What? (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't watch that. (laughs) Oh, come on. Or... (laughs) Or anything with all the that, Happy Gilmore the, character. Yeah, Happy Gilmore, that's a great movie. Come <laughs> on, all of the original Adam Sandler movies. Not like the new stuff or I whatever. I watched Bad Nicky, but that was funny. Was that the one where he's like the devil? Devil, yeah. <laughs> that was dumb, but 
ones before that are like good, but not no, not that. All right, listeners, are there any movies that you think are dumb? Yes, tell Let us. Let us know. Tell us your dumb, dumb movies. I promise I'll try not to poo-poo them too hard. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has Gone, gone Boss. Boss. Yes.